catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. are back in town indeed sound the trumpets and alert the townspeople ladies and gentlemen tis us tis us i gotta admit though full disclosure uh when i suggested the boys are back in town be the opening song i was thinking the the version from or the song from 48 hours because i just watched that movie yesterday but that works too that works too anywho greetings and salutations ladies and gentlemen welcome back to pod is war Bodice Wars brought to you by the good folks at ChairShot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Use your heads. It's Christmas time. Why don't you go pick up something for the wrestling fan in your life by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot and picking up an official ChairShot t-shirt. We've got something for everybody there. If you're a wrestling fan, if you know somebody that's a wrestling fan, or hell, if you're just a fan of the, your favorite site for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude, make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. And if you do it today which would be thursday for you all because we're recording on wednesday we probably still won't have a president so if you type in the word election you might get something off i, I don't know but what can it hurt like what can it really really hurt come on well as you all know i am mr velvet pipes christopher platt i am only one third of this truculent trio or triumphant whichever you prefer i'm always joined by andrew belaz looking as smug as ever and Mr. PC Tunney. You know, I try. It's it's a it's a hidden talent of mine just to look like a smug motherfucker. I think it's just innate within you, man. It's just who you are. You don't oh, have to you. try that much. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. If you were better, <laughs> sure you if you were better at social media, you would have known what version I was going to play. That is true. You did post a picture with it, or a GIF. I go saw on. it. You should have. What do you mean? Go oh, on? oh, what version you, I, I was going it. to play? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. What are you talking about? No, somebody else liked you, it then. Do y'all even know what I'm talking about? The boys are back in town. And when the boys are back, there ain't no fooling around. I think that, I can't remember if they were at the honky tonk bar, but it was at some point in time. 
So, Andrew, there was no doubt in your mind, though, that I was playing Thin Lizzie even without the fucking tweet, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay, like, yeah. And plus, after I saw your, your tweet, then I had Jailbreak go through my head, because that's oh. another great Thin Lizzie song. So, like, I'm just, I, I was expecting it, though. What the fuck is that okay. song you were singing, though, Chris? What the hell? All of us <laughs> that watched 48 hours within the last 48 hours, raise your hand. Oh, what? It's just me? Just me? Oh, oh. So excuse the bloody hell out of me. Bloody hell. It, it wasn't bloody that. It was, it was, bloody hell was Tin Lizzy. Tin Lizzy. If you're going to use bloody hell, you should have expected Tin Lizzy, eh? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tin Lizzy wasn't in 48 hours. But I don't know. I'll text Nick Nolte and see what he has to say on the situation since we're such compadres. Christ, that should be a great interview. If you text Nick Nolte, just tell him to join us. That'd be fucking crazy. That Christ. would be great. Hey, Nick Nolte <laughs> out there, or if anybody has uh, access to Nick Nolte, he's got an open invitation to Pot is War. Anytime he wants to come on. I was going to say, if you can get a text response, get a verbal response. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> and if we can't afford Nick Nolte's budget, maybe we got Gary Busey money. Which, all the more reason, y'all need to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. So we can upgrade from Gary Busey money to Nick Nolte money. And it depends. Does any do we know anybody in Oregon? Because apparently they just pass something where like every hard drug under the sun is okay. You just pay a fine of a hundred dollars and go to rehab. So I think we have Gary Busey and Nick Nolte money. Whatever they want, we can we can forward that into like a hundred dollars of a fine. Hundred dollars ain't that bad. <laughs> Pull our money together. We just gotta got film from Oregon. That's all. Or record from Oregon. <laughs> what are we, Doctor Drew? All of a sudden? Or Duck Dynasty? Uh I could get my beard back. There we go. I could go back to Duck Dynasty beard. Yes, because those guys clearly like gentlemen that look like me. All right, moving right along. <laughs> That's what the drugs are for. That'll make them like you. It's uh, fine. Uh, they'll think I'm just a tan white guy. I got you. <laughs> you could pull off that Chappelle show skit where, you know, you're the most racist KKK black guy ever. <laughs> I'm a blind KKK member. <laughs> Maybe with the curly hair, they'll think I'm Jewish. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. That's awesome. You could pull Wait. that off. I would love that. You, you just don't speak. It'd be, it'd be, you could be the Ethiopian Jew from Ethiopia. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Unfortunately, the Lord has decided to take away your voice box, but you got a canasta game to die for. That's what we're going to go with. It's going to be great. All right, and that is the last category of people that we hadn't pissed off, and now we're there. Now that we've checked all the bingo boxes, let's get on to topic one. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Gentlemen, a little bit of sad news this week in the fact that Kylie Ray is leaving wrestling, if not for good or possibly stepping away. Uh, just to get things right, it seems like she is not doing too well on the mental health side of things, seems to be the aspect of what we're dealing with here. And it's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate when anybody has to go through problems like that. I know Braun Strowman just spoke out about having had conversations with Vince about when he was struggling with things of that nature as well. So it's, it's, it's something that's in the business. Um, for me personally, I've seen her wrestle up close and personal on a number uh, a few times and, and always really enjoyed her talent and her charisma. Um, I hope she's not done for good. She sent out a message to all her Patreon fans that all that thing was going away as well. So what are you guys' thoughts on not only the, the, 
the state of where things are for mental health inside of wrestling, inside of the wrestling business, and, and what the future holds for Kylie Ray. Well, starting on the the Kylie Ray side of the game, because you you just uh, asked a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You know, maybe she's just not cut out for the world of professional wrestling. And I say that in the most complimentary of ways, you know, between, you know, Lord knows whatever happened in Impact that caused her to step away. We've all heard the accusations or allegations of uh, what allegedly happened in AEW between her and Chris Jericho, which mm-hmm. uh, led to her abruptly leaving. But so, I, yeah, I say that in the most complimentary of ways. Uh, PC, I know you've interviewed her a few times and you absolutely love her, think she's a, a darling of a person. And she does. She's, she comes across as very nice and very kind and very genuine. And I don't know if this is the right business for those type of people. Plus, you add on the fact that she's a woman. And I mean, you know, the speaking out movement was only the tip of the iceberg. There's no telling what those poor women have to go through and have gone through for, you know, decades upon decades in that industry. It's just a shitty industry. It really is. It's full of charlatans and hucksters and thieves and con men and liars and connivers and whomever else. I, it's just, especially if you're dealing with mental health issues, I just don't know if that's the correct venue for somebody that is dealing with mental health. Um, on the broader scale, I do like that mental health. I, I like that, you know, within the past couple of years, the stigma has been taken off of mental health. And I like that people are opening up and, and discussing it and people are recognizing it for what it is. Cause I mean, it's real. And, you know, just speaking from a personal standpoint, man, somebody that, does suffer with mental health issues it's nice to know that you're not out there alone you know even if you don't ever talk to these people it's just nice to know that you're not out here struggling by yourself and I'm glad that we're starting to open up that that Pandora's box because it is a real thing and it's something that I'm not going to get too deep with it I'll just say that it's something that we do need to take seriously yeah you, you said that pretty well and I agree that it's one of those weird situations where she's too nice for the business you hear that about some people and i think it's true with her because even before tunny you you know chimed in with his more personal knowledge of kylie we both agreed before when bailey was in her sugar sweet gimmick that kylie was a genuine version of bailey where Mm -hmm. bailey comes off fake and kylie comes off like a legitimately nice person Mm -hmm. and between interviews that PC's done and like the Chris Van Vallette stuff and the Alicia Toot stuff that you know has gotten a lot of traction last couple years that doesn't go away she comes off like she's just a genuinely nice person who enjoys what she does and enjoys making people smile and unfortunately that it seems like the business or the people around it or they just the compounded stress of you know performing daily weekly however it happens to work out just wears on her and she hits these breakpoints and everything I've heard from a a business perspective that Impact has no bad blood there's no bad blood either way Impact is full well to like allow her to kind of have her space and breathe and then if she wants to come back they're leaving things open ended enough to kind of bring her back in if she wants to but honestly I'm just I think she recently got engaged to her boyfriend and I hope that whatever she's doing, she can just kind of calm down, focus on her life, maybe focus on her relationship with the boyfriend, and just 
figure it out. And if it takes a year, if it takes two years, whatever the hell it takes, I just kind of like to see her come back in a good spot instead of see her wrestle every week. You know what I mean? No, I feel that. And I mean, you know, as far as the wrestling thing, it's rare that anybody stays away. You know, this thing seems to get in your blood for whatever reason. So uh, would I say that it's the last time we've ever seen her in the ring? Probably not. But again, she's got to deal with her mentals first, and that's the most important thing. Now, if she does decide to step away, the good thing that she does have going for her is that she's been able to cultivate an audience through wrestling. So prayerfully, whatever her next move may be, that audience will follow her and she'll be able to monetize that but you know again it's a lot more mental health and people discussing mental health it's a lot more prevalent now than it used to be but also look at the times that we live in as well things are crazy everywhere no matter what you're into your religion your your sexual orientation your political it does none of that stuff matters man it's just it's a bunch of craziness going around so you really have to pose the question are these people really sick? And I'll put myself in that. Are we really sick? Yes. Or is society sick? Yes to both. Because you think about it. <clears throat> when we, we all came up, because we're not too far apart in age, you hid that, especially as a man. You hid that shit. That's why you got Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, all those stories about just drinking heavily, quaaludes, going out, partying with all these different drugs, trippers, whatever. That's how you were taught, definitely, as a guy growing up when we grew up, to cover up feelings. Like, you'd never be like, I'm, I'm sad today because of this reason. No, that you, you're a pussy. That was weak. And nowadays, we're, as much as we rag on the Twitter generation or the Twitter mentality and cancel culture and all that other stuff... It's kind of nice to see more acceptance from male and female perspective that if you're having a bad day, you can be like, I'm sad. Why are you sad? I don't know, because the day ends in Y and I woke up on the left side of the bed instead of the right. (laughs) And, you know, people are more accepting of the fact that you're having a bad mental health day will be supportive instead of suck it up pussy and go to work. You know what I mean? No, I get that. I get that. And I think the answer to my question was yes on both the both accords. But the bottom line is, dear, get well. Don't worry about us. You don't owe us anything. Get yourself together, and then figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. Because she's still a relatively young 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 lady. I mean, is she even thirty yet? No, she's like in her mid to late twenties at best. Yeah. So she. So she's got plenty of time, even if she decides, hey, it's something I tried, I didn't like it, now I'm going to move on to something else. But I yeah, mean, the shit, most of- even if she was 30, Becky's 32 and just had a kid, business will be here. Like, as, as much yeah. as anybody wants to say something's dying or the business is going somewhere, like, she'll be here, the business will be there, and she's 28. Tony, is that, that what you confirmed? Yes, 28, so she's not even 30. So she could take two years off, and so she'll still be in the prime of her physical career and, you know, everything else, so... It's fine. Like everything's gonna be there. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! So what? That's uh, PC, amazing. So what? PC Tunney, the commissioner, just showed us. He googled the name Kylie Ray, and the first picture that pops up is of Becky Lynch. Of Bailey. Oh, that was, was Bailey. I that thought was it was Bailey. Oh my God. That was perfect for our joke about how Bailey was a fake Kylie it's Ray. The last time we take any time off from this show. Yeah, I you said- need to. 
Chris, Chris you need to watch WWE more. Like, I don't know why you're such a WWE hater. Like, even I knew that was Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, season, season, season four. Welcome to season four, Christopher Plato of Pot is War. Andrew's now a WWE guy. <laughs> oh, I like that as the, the, the soft going title for the, the show right now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> By, by the way, shout out to uh, Super Dave Ungar for filling in admirably for me last week. He did a phenomenal job with you guys. I just had to throw that out there. I meant to put it in the intro, and I forgot. But that that Kylie Ray Bailey thing, it's funny. I stepped on my own joke because I was getting ready to make a joke about how y'all all look alike, and then I can't even tell y'all apart. So there's that. <laughs> Anywho, I think it's time for topic two. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Andrew, my man, my new Japan man, we got some NJPW action uh, power struggle now, this is interesting to me because it's kind of like, you know, like if you're going to compare it to for people in WWE that don't really know what's going on, it, it's like one of the last stops on the way to Wrestle Kingdom. So the fact to me that Kota Ibushi, it, it, you know, wins the G1, is going to get his title shot, but now he has to defend that. But I also heard that the winner of the G1 has never not challenged for the title at Wrestle Kingdom. Those are all facts. <clears throat> and yes, as you were doing that, my wine decided to go down the wrong pipe, and now I acted like I just died on wine. Well, why don't you so... take a second re- real quick, and I will <laughs> go through all the uh, all the matches here, okay? So I, I appreciate that so I can get you know, myself together. What the together. hell, man? No We've problem. been going that long <laughs> drinking wine now? What the hell? Toru Yano is taking on ZSJ. Uh, no corner pads for this match for the KOPW 2020 trophy. We got Minoru Suzuki against Shingo Takagi. Takagi? Takagi. Takagi. That one I haven't seen in a while. Takagi. Takagi. Oh, well, there you go. That's for the never. Uh, Okada and Great Okan. It's just a regular match, but it's got Okada, so, you know, that's going to have to be good enough for the people. We got we got Kenta, as you had mentioned before, taking on Tanahashi. I think you brought that up pre-show. That's for the U.S. title. Ibushi defending that right to go on to Wrestle Kingdom and fight for not only the heavyweight title, but for the Intercontinental Championship as well, taking on Jay White. And then, boy, oh boy, wouldn't that be something if Evil took both belts from Naito? That would be funny because we didn't think that was going to happen. Right, Chris? You remember when we were speculating about that earlier and we're just like, no, there's no way he's main eventing that? Yeah, right? So it's it's funny because there's a lot of threads to pull from here because Naito lost to Evil and to Kenta in the G1. And to kind of go off of the way Tani initially phrased all of this, because the G1 was later in the year, it seems like there's a little more of a time crunch and it seems like a little more awkward timing on certain matches for right certificates and stuff like that. But Kota lost to Jay White and he has to defend it. He has to make up for his win. He has to defend his honor, so to speak. So Jay White gets the shot 
and if Jay White beats Ibushi, that would be the first time that the title rights holder ever lost the briefcase, so to speak. And in my head, my wonderful playlist of things, that's beautiful. Because the fact that Naito has to go through the murderer's row, essentially, of evil, Kenta, and then if White can take the briefcase off of Ibushi... Then he has to face White at Wrestle Kingdom. So that's just Bullet Club, Bullet Club, Bullet Club, all to try to get the belts off of Naito. That's that's an old school kind of way of developing a storyline where you kind of throw the the you know the seconds in command at the guy to weaken him up and beat the shit out of him and take him down a peg, take him down a peg, and then the leader eventually takes over and wins the belts and wins the wins in the grand stage. So that'd be fantastic the fact that kenta gets a chance to prove himself against tanahashi for the u.s title rights briefcase that he won on new japan strong during the new during the usa version of the new japan cup that's that's good because kenta needs a big win to kind of solidify himself as a decent player in new japan instead of just kind of resting on his laurels from pro wrestling noah uh, he ain't really did shit yet since in, since he's been in New Japan. Depending, you know, considering the name that he made for himself in in Japan, he did win the Never. But then again, he was also kind of scorned because he's Noah. And as nice as Japanese fans are, there are a lot of fans that are very home team biased, kind of like football. Where so he's got to so he's got to pay his dues basically. Mostly because there's. New Japan, New Japan will hate All Japan and Noah because of history. All Japan hates Noah and New Japan because of history. So you'll you'll have fans that double down just like in any sport where they're just like, okay, fuck you, you're from the other team. So, you know, it's like that the hate for Brady when he joined the Bucks. Like how many people that were maybe fans of the Bucks hated Brady because he was on the Patriots, and then they either changed their tune or they doubled down even harder because they're like, fuck you, Winston could have done that. Winston could have done this if they just gave him another shot. So it's it's that mentality. So it's going to be interesting to see if Tanahashi wins the rights and then Kenta is kind of left in the lurch or Kenta gets a big win. Suzuki Takagi is going to be a banger of a match. Yano, Zack Sabre Jr., that's going to just be hilarious. Like, the fact that they gave Yano the trophy for King of Pro Wrestling and he, he just gets to make up these bullshit fucking matches just for fun gimmick reasons and it's just going to be entertaining, I can't hate that. And Tony didn't give it much fanfare, but the Great Okarn Okada match is important because Great Okarn is Will Ospreay's second in command for Will Ospreay's new faction that he's he's uh creating mm-hmm. and it, it's okan but I, they say okan a lot and i don't exactly know why i think that's probably just the the asian aspect to it but it is okan yes so because he's the number two and he's kind of the heavy in will osprey's new faction this is an establishing kind of thing because will osprey just broke away from okada and chaos and said that okada was holding him back and now the heavy of the Empire or whatever Osprey officially is calling it is going to have to try to take Okada down a peg before Osprey, I guess, gets a shot at him. So th- th- there's a lot of heavy storyline stuff that could go into and come out of this show depending on where things break. Ah, so possibly an Okada-Osprey match in the Dome. That sounds intriguing. I I don't want it to happen so early. 
because that's that's kind of like a crown him or kill him kind of moment you know what i mean and with the yeah. fact that the faction is so young and there's probably going to be a team in the tag league that they're going to do relatively soon i'd rather see like osprey and maybe okan win the tag league and then go to the tag titles and put Okada on the back burner for a little later just to kind of establish them and maybe get another member or two and get some momentum before you just throw Osprey and Okada at each other. So I do want to... Oh, go ahead, Tony. Did you have something to add? Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That it is, yes. Yes or no? (laughs) We're still getting Ibushi and Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes or no? No. Well, Yes, but you kind of stepped on what I was about to, the point I was about to make. But, yes. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So, continuing before I was so rudely interrupted, it, it is hard for me not to see Chairshot.com. Always use your head. I certainly didn't miss any of that. So... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, and I, y'all know I've been on this train since January, since last Wrestle Kingdom, and it, it's just very hard for me to believe that at the end of the night we're not going to see Naito versus Abushi in the main event. Now, if there's a criticism to be made about Ghetto's booking, and you know, with all due respect, because he's phenomenal, but sometimes it has a tendency to be predictable. So the fact that they've got all these eyes in the eyes in the fire right now, and there is some uncertainty about what's going to happen in the dome, that's a good thing. It, it, you know, that, I think that's a really good thing. Has there ever been anything other than a singles match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom? I don't believe so. I think the last one that was multiple wasn't at Wrestle Kingdom. I think it was at a different match when it was. When it was Fujita, Lesnar, and Chono. I'd have to double-check my own numbers on that one. But I, I don't think that was Wrestle Kingdom. Any chance, so what about any this? chance we see a fatal, okay. fatal four-way kind of thing? There, there shouldn't be, because those are technically quite rare in Japanese wrestling in general. They tend to like to go by the book with the whole one-on-one and... Any kind of triple threat or four-way is is usually kind of considered unique, but it's it's a possibility. I'm not saying you're off completely, but Booking it's, by it's uh, a low person <laughs> uh, per- hey. low percentage. Long. <laughs> <laughs> we need a gong so, noise. Oh man, there's what? another working title, Booking by Tony Sun. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised we don't have a gong. So what about in the main event, we see a two out of three falls match where one fall is for the intercontinental and then the other fall is for the heavyweight title. I'm I'm just kind of throwing shit out here right now. What about something like that? I don't hate that. And that's possible because even Naito kind of after he got the belts back at the baseball stadium was kind of kind of told New Japan to shit or get off the pot. And he's like, turn them into one belt or let me defend them both separately. And New Japan hasn't done that, obviously. Is there so I don't know how much of that is kayfabe storyline and how much of that is Naito just doesn't have the stroke, so to speak. Is there a thought over there that, or or amongst hardcore fans of New Japan, that there are too many titles in New Japan to get rid of? Since you have the U.S., you don't need the IC oh, yeah. and the juniors and everything else. People have thought that for a while, especially since the Never Six Mans became a title in general, because Never Six Mans were a joke. It, it, 
they were more relevant this year, like the matches have actually held up, but the fact that six men's the heavyweight championship perspective, kind of like the main event scene has never been strong. Like, I think the strongest it was when it was like Gorillas of Destiny, Killer Elite Squad, War Machine, and then like maybe one other that they threw in there here or there. But it, it hasn't been strong in a while. The junior tag division isn't strong right now. So there are too many belts, yes. And I don't know how much the Japanese crowd is clamoring for a consolidation or for some kind of adjustment, but definitely many people have said there are too damn many belts in New Japan. I mean, there's too many belts in wrestling, period. And it, it, it just baffles my mind that they can't make every belt prestigious. I mean, you know, theoretically, you should be able to headline any major show, any television show, with any of your belts. You know, they do it in UFC, they do it in boxing. Like, it, it shouldn't be that hard, but for whatever reason, I don't know why pro wrestling... I don't know why they struggle so much to make those belts mean something. I thought that at Halloween Havoc, they should have brought out the Cruiserweight title and the 24-7 title and stuck it in a witch's brew cauldron and then pulled out one title, the brand new WWE television title that could have been defended across all brands. That's not a terrible idea. Honestly, no. that that probably would have been pretty cool, and then we get over the weird trope of our truth is a forty-seven time champion or some <laughs> shit like that. Like I don't, I don't even know how many fucking times he's won and lost that belt. Well, he just lost. I it. mean, it's... Drew, Drew Gulak's your true yeah. champion, thanks to Bobby Lashley. Well, I mean, it's oh. basically just a way to keep Truth on TV and doing something, man. Because he's, I mean, Truth is good television. It's the crutch to the Joker, the um, the clown prince it's a it's a it's a crutch to the clown prince storyline of wwe carried on from santino etc etc yeah yeah i can see that yeah he he is uh santino's spiritual successor i guess you could say that that's a way to look at it but yeah so to, to remember what we were talking about power struggle should be interesting <laughs> regardless of how it ends there's Jesus a lot up. of storyline hey, hey don't and, get mad you're the WWE guy okay I, I know I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure we remember what our topic was No, so, and it's know, a great topic th- th- I, there's, I, there's, a lo- there's a lot to pull from in this one and if it's Ibushi that ends up keeping the belt or keep, keeping the briefcase and then I think he has to defend against Osprey I think Osprey's the other one that beat him in the G1 so that'll probably happen like right before Wrestle Kingdom or something like that but either either way there's a story there that's cool I just love the concept of Jay White winning the belt uh, winning the briefcase so that's a first time ever thing for Ibushi to lose the briefcase and then Naito just hitting murderer's row of evil Kenta and then Jay White and eventually not having the stamina to go through like the top three bullet club guys at the moment you know, since uh, it's announced that Wrestle Kingdom is going to be two nights again, I I'm, I think the safest way in the, I mean the the closest point between two, two distances is a straight line. So I think the Occam's Razor, it's probably going to be something very similar to what we saw last year. That it's kind of a uh, tournament format, and we have these two matches on night one, and then we'll have two other matches, one being the main event on night two, and maybe that we'll have some sort of uh, Jay White, Abushi. Naito, I don't know, maybe Evil? I mean, hell, who, how many wrestlers have had a better year than Evil? He's got to be in the top five. He's had a great year. Four. 
aesthetically or from from just pure numbers yes however evil's evil's allure is waning to everyone it's like his matches are kind of predictable and boring like he doesn't put on great matches that the the gimmicky heel shit is too much and people are starting to get sick of him well i I mean even like hardcore japanese fans are starting to just be like all right we're done with you Naito had to apologize for the match beforehand <laughs> during a press conference where he basically went, people of Osaka, I know, I don't want to do it either. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you want a well, refund, talk to New Japan. <laughs> well, e- evil's allure never wanes, bro. I mean, good is the responsible thing to do, but evil is just more fun. Oh is it not? God. Come on, man. You knew I, was, I had to get at least one in. Come on. Yeah. Come yeah, on, that, man. That, that was a good one. Come it was, on, it was okay. It still hurt a little bit. Hurt, evil hurt a little. is fun. Evil is fun, man. Everybody, go out and do some evil. Not, nothing yeah. that's going to harm anybody or nothing like that. Just mild treachery. Go out and do some mild treachery sometime this week. Yeah, he still has one of my favorite promos ever that I was in the crowd for. But I'm still not a fan of his matches so far the last few months. So, yeah. But there needs to be some space between him and Naito. Okay, so who could be the fourth before we move on to the topic three? Osprey. Oh, okay. So you think they'll they would have uh, two Gaijin in their main events? Osprey is more accepted because he even moved to Japan. People love him. Like New Japan was willing to give him the benefit of a doubt before he was exonerated a couple weeks ago from his speaking out claims. So like. Osprey is a little, I can't say untouchable, but like they, he's he's quite liked, and he's kind of transcended that gaijin spot to where he's almost like honorary Japanese. You know what I mean? Okay, so one more question before we move on. So what what do we do with Okada and Tanahashi? Do they just kind of slip into that Cena Orton thing where they just have a match and it's two legends, and we just do that? We throw it on our biggest show. That's a good question. I think Okada is going to end up being in a tag match because in my magical Christmas land, Okada and Sho turn into a tag team and then they challenge for the heavyweight titles because I really like the way Okada and Sho have worked together and how they've kind of have a, had a budding friendship since Yo has been injured. So that's kind of where I'm at. Plus, Okada's even said in promos and press releases that he doesn't give a fuck about the belts because he thinks that the IC being attached to the heavyweight like, lowers both of them down to the point where he doesn't care and he doesn't want to be associated with that shit. Nice, fair enough. So, he, they, they he's probably having more that fun. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, he's probably having more fun being on the bottom of the card. I actually think that you could see that once he lost the title a couple of years ago. You could see it. You could see a, a spark in his eyes again. He was just happy oh, to be doing what he loved. During, you remember when he had his hair red when he was fucking he, Yeah, he died it red. I'm like, God damn, Okada living his best life. He, he was going back hitting and forth Rocky with Romero with balloons and being a fucking moron. <laughs> like, that, was, that was the best Okada in a while. Like, I, I think Okada wishes he was just doing that and fishing for the rest of his life. It's like, God damn! This guy's <laughs> supposed to be the best fucking wrestler in the whole fucking world, and he's running around hitting people with goddamn balloons! What the <laughs> fuck? God before a crossbody. Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> 
I was trying to set you up, Tony, but I don't think you got it. On power struggle, though, so Tony, you you could transition us to number three because I think we got most of our thoughts out. What were you trying to set me up for? Who was I trying to be, Mister Balls? I mean, I know who you were trying to be, but the fact that Tony didn't jump on it is why I'm like, let's just go to three then. Let's just have fun. That's cool. I'll give you this because I know you were doing Pritchard's version of a certain somebody. I'll I'll give you this then, Platt. Chair Shot Network. Didn't miss that either. Gentlemen, full gear this weekend. Love me some Hangman Page. Taking on Kenny Omega. Finally getting to the fruition of that to see hopefully one of these two gentlemen go on to take on likely John Moxley. I don't know. I, I think you have you guys heard my thoughts on Eddie Kingston before? Yeah, we've had that conversation on these airwaves. Okay. Both you and Balls are on the same thing. I, I, I personally said I love the guy because he could talk. Y'all just don't think he looks like a tough guy. Well, He's I don't clearly think he never should, ran into he shouldn't Puerto be, Ricans in New he York. Shouldn't, he shouldn't be main eventing AEW, let alone pay-per-views. You've clearly never ran into a Puerto Rican from New York. I mean, I have, and he, he looks like a tough guy from the street, but the fact is he doesn't look like a championship material kind of wrestler. Listen, listen and Puerto, that, that's the problem. Puerto Rican's one of the boxes I have checked, okay? So don't tell me about Good Puerto Ricans. Good for you. Orale, vato. Yes. I, I, I have a comment there, but I'm not going to get myself in trouble, so we'll just keep going on. Talking about AEW Full Gear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because we love AEW on this podcast. Yeah. We talk so much about it. All right, well, while you tell guys... Me, can you tell us what the fuck is going on on this show? Because not only does it Seriously? have the worst fucking title of all whoa, wrestling... Whoa, 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 whoa. I'll, I'll take no, six whoa, whoa. break of fire over full whoa, whoa. gear. I got whoa, NXT whoa. on right now, actually. Whoa, so does whoa. Chris. No. I can see it in the background. Yeah, so can I. He's about, <laughs> he's about 15 seconds on, behind me, too. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try to be... I've already <laughs> counted... <laughs> I've already play that game. I've already counted how far behind you are. about <laughs> <laughs> you don't see it right there. That's clearly Billy Gunn, the one Billy Gunn, and is no. But all all jokes aside, man, it sucks because nobody gives a shit about this pay per view, and it's actually on paper not a bad card. Well, like let me you talked about. See? Let me run down Go the ahead. card for you then. Uh, Hangman Page against Kenny Omega. The winner will take on the world champion um, at some point future title shot cody versus darby allen for the tnt championship looking forward to that we got the revival taking on the young bucks and they go back to the well of if the young bucks don't win the titles they can never challenge for them again um you got moxley and kingston hardy and guevara sheeta taking on nyla rose jericho and mjf Orange Cassidy and John Silver. John Silver seems to really be one getting the most positive press out of AEW lately. And then the newly crowned oh, NWA champion. He's so- the only one still conscious out of that fucking dark Serena Deeb line. will be taking on <laughs> Allison K. The NWA women's title will also be defended on this card. Yeah, that's not a bad card, man. I mean, we all love Darby Allen. 
if, if he doesn't kill himself, I think he could be a decent star once he learns how to talk. And, and, he you only know, had a brain. Well, you know, same has been said about me. But <laughs> but we, we finally get the Young Bucks versus FTR, and regardless of about what you think of the Young Bucks, that's one of their money matches, and we're finally getting it. And they've teased it out for as long as they possibly could, and now we're going to get it. That's the thing. That's a big money match. PC, as you alluded to earlier, we get the uh, the culmination of the Hangman Page versus Omega storyline. I mean, up and down the card, this is not a bad card. I just don't care, and I feel bad that I don't care. Oh, and Jericho and MJF, and you know, MJF gets involved in the inner circle, which I think we all know that that's going to end up with MJF taking over the inner circle, and then we're going to get a Jericho face run, which he hasn't really done himself any favors lately in regards to face runs, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) This is is great, because I'd love to see Amber run in through there and hit you in the back with a chair. Like, I was so hoping when she popped through, she had a chair behind her back. That would be fantastic. Bruh, the whole time we've been together, man, I've been trying to get her to hit me in the back with a chair. I want to be hit in my back with a steel metal folding chair, and she refuses because she loves me, pussy. <laughs> Make sure she listens this week. Because the thing is, man, she's the only one that I would trust to actually hit me because I'd be scared that somebody would get too close up and, and accidentally smack me in the back of the neck. But I think she would actually hit me in the meat of the back so I could absorb the blow, you know? <laughs> and I ain't getting no younger, so if if it don't happen soon, it just ain't gonna happen. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. What did she say? Is she in the back? I ain't hitting you with no chair. Basically, yes. <laughs> God damn it! Those God words, damn it, Creeper! You grabbed that chair and hit me across the back. Creeper, yeah. <laughs> get the shovel. Hey, Brandy! Hey, Brandy! You go show her Creeper how to hit Chris with that on chair. Yeah, that gone mm-hmm, as we do. Yep. Mm-hmm. When y'all turn into Boomhauer, man, have I been gone that long? That's right. You've been gone too long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, now you fried air potatoes. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, now you sound like fucking. Uh, what what the fuck? Billy Sling Bob blade. Sling, Sling blade, blade. Right. That was it. Yeah. yeah. I almost wanted to say switchblade, but I'm like, no. We were just talking about Jay White. That's why I can't remember what the fuck the right name is. <laughs> But, yeah. but I mean, seriously, none of these matches get y'all moist at all. I mean, why why was there a tournament for number one contender when wins and losses matter, and you're supposed to have a record and you're supposed to have a top five? Because sometimes you got to have a tournament. What you think mm-hmm. the playoffs are? The playoffs are a goddamn tournament. What are you talking and, about? And why what, do the Young Bucks have to have the same gimmick that Cody Rhodes did a year ago? Is that just going to be like an anniversary thing? Like somebody can't challenge anymore just because it's been a year? Well, this is where they shot themselves in the foot. You know, the biggest stars they had coming into this thing that didn't have WWE street cred are Cody. I know he was in WWE, but he wasn't a top guy. The Bucks and Omega. And they thought they were doing themselves a favor by, you know, eating pins and stuff like that, trying to get the new talent over, not realizing that the average melon farmer on this side of the pond had no idea who the fuck y'all were. So that's, you know what I mean? So they're they're trying to straddle that line. And I'm trying to give these guys the benefit of the doubt because they've only been doing this for a year. So, yeah, they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, well, that argument's getting old with me. Because let, let's put it this way, they've only uh, yeah. been a company for a year, mm-hmm. but all of them have been wrestlers for at least a decade, with the exception of like MJF, who's only a couple years in, and Darby Allen, who does dumb shit, so you can tell he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing in that ring. Fucking body bag spot like a fucking moron. Whoever signed on that off on that needs to be fucking shot in the head. But like, 
you you've been through enough shows and enough professional shows and shit even i think the bucks at least one of the bucks was a jobber on wwe mjf did fucking extra work they've been around to know what a real show looks like and how it's put together and clearly they just, haven't can, can that's we, my problem. You are completely it's correct. A, it clearly, it's a, lot, it's a lot different when you're the one putting the show together as opposed to just being featured on the show. That's a lot different. You, you should know when shit's not working, and it's like the, the women's women's division is a fucking joke. I don't want to see Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose again. Was it a decent match the second time? Sure. But who gives a fuck? You need to have more than two women in your title picture. Deeb and Allison K, I think, is part of the buy-in, which is their pre-show shit. And Deeb is talented. Don't get me wrong. I like Deeb. She's a good wrestler. Everything there. Allison K is most likely going to lose that because she just lost her contract in w- uh, NWA, or you know, or her contract was up, so she's technically a free agent. So she's just doing this as a, you know, as a spot kind of thing to have a decent sort of name and a decent challenge for the NWA championship. And I just none of it interests me because none of it really seems like it's going to be impactful or that you can't see coming a mile away and it's AEW so I also just don't give a fuck they tell stories like fifth graders with a crayon up their nose let me let me talk about something interesting then because right now I'm watching NXT and Velveteen Dream is anything out there anything is more interesting hit me with the PC let's go Velveteen Dream is out there with a purple cast okay I think Randy Orton needs some backup I think Bob Orton's available. <laughs> I think Bob Orton with the cast, Dream with the Iron cast. Mike Sharp. They come on Iron up. Mike Sharp. They they make a brand new group, the Velveteen Vipers. And Iron Mike Sharp, if he's still alive, I know he's available. Dude, the Velveteen Vipers, that sounds like a fucking XFL team right there. Like, Tampa Bay needs to get on that name right there. Instead of just Vipers, they need to be the Velveteen Vipers. Like, that. that's smooth. That's going to be good. You can see Velveteen yeah, well, well, coming in and hitting with that, that lariat, like fucking old Lex Luger style. There we y'all go. Really, y'all really not going to give any props to Iron Mike Sharp. That's not a bad reference, but I, I I don't know if he's still alive. I think he was the one doing the Monster Factory stuff in New Jersey, but I never really passed up. Oh, that that was a promotion out there? Yeah, it's, it's a training place and a promotion so like I'm i think saying, a, lot, a lot of people come out of monster factory i just don't remember if it's iron mike sharp or if it's a different sharp i was just trying to help because he did the cast gimmick for you a little bit too. you did a good job I was, just, I was just trying to follow pc's kind of way of thinking i wasn't trying to derail it i was interested because that was way more interesting than talking about fucking a bad joke from hangman page about being in full gear and not having the body for it and turning that into a name of a fucking show fucking full gear dumbass bullshit can you come up comes back and just kills somebody (laughs) can you come up with a better alliterative tag team name for two guys that are not a tag team right now Ooh, that's 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 interesting so, um, how about uh, we get uh, EC3 and call them Carter and Lee, like from Rush Hour? Wow, that died. <laughs> well, first of all, you, you first of all, you yeah, you bit there to me at least. A, you cut out, and B, that wasn't alliteration. Yeah, that's you not alliterative. Okay, it's fine. not alliterative, but it is a good reference, so I did like that <laughs> on a different kind of level. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Uh, how about we get uh, Roman Reigns and Otis together in a tag team? We can call them Samoan sandwiches. 
<laughs> or Aniwatu and Otis or whatever the fuck his real name is. Wow. Wow. Now that's just getting borderline well, racist. I mean, we haven't I mean, insulted the Islanders in a long time. Damn. So now, now you're trying wrestling. to... It'll fit right in. Now you're trying to combine names like Brangelina and things of that nature. So if you were going to put Otis and him together, you would use his name and it would be Joe and Otis and you'd just call him Jodis. <laughs> oh my god, that almost sounds like Jodice. Could you imagine Joe and Otis doing fucking like... Oh my god, R&B kind of like boy band shit from the tag team Samoa division. From the Samoa t- Joe, dude, listen, Jodeci. listen, that's from Jodeci the right there. from the tag team from the tag team division that brought you Ganderson, Mac and Tiggles, and now Jodis. No, I'm still I'm still a big fan of Mac and Tiggles. That was my favorite. Mac and Tiggles. What the Jesus Christ. Oh my god! That sounds like that sounds like something you pay eighty five a dollar. I was uh, eighty five dollars an hour for a Mac and Tiggle. That's hey, cheap. I'd pay eighty five dollars an hour. She for don't. That. Yeah, Gee. man. You when you when you told me about her, you said she looked better. Or well, well, hey, what do what, you? What, what, she Mac and Tiggles. All right, that's fine. I'm good. Done. All right, that's good. <laughs> nah, you got. If that's the case, you got to get you one in retribution mask. mask. It's 2020. We've evolved from the paper bag, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Are we going back to AEW, or should we move on to Topic 4? I think Topic 4 might be what we're most looking forward to talking to today. I mean, what do you think we want to talk about? Do you think we want to continue talking about AEW? I I'm think the most off, we man. even said the letters AEW. Fine, we'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to the XFL. tell you how you messed that up because that was good but you want me to tell you how you messed that up you should have ended on donald trump you're fired because it would have been topical yeah but we're not getting into it said it again yeah but we're not getting into it oh we're not then what we're gonna talk about for topic five oh that's what we're talking about for topic five i I was talking about that for topic five because that can still go either way we don't know let's not assume Oh, this ain't no, kayfabe, no, this is real no, life. No, 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 I, no, 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 I wasn't assuming. I was just saying that would have been a it good place funny. to end. It would have been funny. I honestly, honestly the, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, you know, But never mind. We'll, the never clip, mind. Let's, the we'll, montage we'll of clips I just played from Vince McMahon, I did not know that that was on there, to be honest with you. That just kind of <laughs> worked out, all right? So 
We can get to whatever. He just cues up a bunch get... of shit and rolls with it. That's fantastic. We can get to That's whatever. Basically, the whole show. Have you not ever listened to one of our shows? We can you get to I whatever you want back? on topic five. All right, Vince McMahon is set to have a documentary about himself. Netflix and WWE are doing the production. Bill Simmons is uh, in on it as well. It's going to be a four-part series. I don't know when it's coming out. I don't know how long the parts are going to be. I would imagine it's going to be much like a 30 for 30 kind of thing. Um, gentlemen, what? Here, here's, here's two things I want to know. How well do you think like you're going to get Vince to actually talk about stuff? A. And... And B is, how much do you think you're going to hear that you didn't already know? Well, I'll start with B, because that's really the problem with these wrestling documentaries. For those that don't know, Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons is basically my father in this podcasting game. He, you know, but he did the Andre the Giant documentary for HBO, and he was also 30 for 30. The ESPN 30 for 30s were, were his brainchild. But that's the problem with these wrestling docs. Even though they're well done. The Andre was well done. The Ric Flair 30 for 30 was well done. Dark Side of the Ring is well done. But the problem is they have to they they, they have to uh, expose themselves to a, a broader audience than just the wrestling fans. So a lot of times what ends up happening is that they start rehashing stories that as wrestling fans we already knew. And the stuff that we really want to get into, like the real nuts and bolts of the industry and shit like that, they don't really do that. It's just very surface because they're trying to appeal to a broader audience than just us mouth-breathing wrestling fans. So I, I think a lot of the wrestling documentaries run into that problem. Um, what was the first thing you asked? Oh, how uh, how how well oh, how open do you think Vince is going to be? Well, you already know that, man. Most of it is going to be kayfabe. I mean, they're going to have to touch on some you know some some topics but at the same point in time if he green lit this thing there's only so far in the weeds that they'll actually be able to go i mean uh, sorry andrew before you get in here though because like this is this could be akin to something that platt and i did cover for five consecutive weeks that we have like 10 hours of content on the last dance right so i would be in i would absolutely enjoy and in and love it if they kind of put Vince McMahon in the Michael Jordan situation. If they did it the same exact way, right? Could you imagine, you you guys saw both saw The Last Dance. You saw it, right, Andrew? Or at least parts of it, you know what happened. How cool would it be to have Vince McMahon sitting there doing an interview with somebody and the person said, here, watch this. This is what so-and-so said about this. And Vince is, you're watching Vince, you know, like, like when people were what they were saying about Jordan, he was he had to sit there and listen to what people were saying about him. Like to have to have Vince go ahead and react like that, and on top of the fact that the Undertaker's come out and done this already, and that's that's Vince's guy, you know. So I, I don't know. I I'm really hoping we do get to see some more of like what happened with the Undertaker and and the situations Michael Jordan was put inside of making that documentary. If this is what they're doing. I just don't want to see the life and times of Vince McMahon for four uh, consecutive nights. I would yeah, but... love to see someone try to hand Vince McMahon a tablet and go, here, react to this. <laughs> I want to fucking be there. I want to be the fly on the wall for somebody going, here, so-and-so said this about you. 90% of Vince's reaction, fuck them, what do they know? Move away. Next question. 
Like, Vince has made the most money. He's been the most successful for the longest amount of time. It's going to be hard to really get that kind of reaction where Jordan was competitive. Jordan's still competitive. Jordan would fucking want to get in with Kerr and fucking Purdue on fucking dollar fucking poker bets just because he wanted to say he had their money in his pocket. That's not Vince. Vince has most people's money you in his think? pocket. He knows. Oh, no, because he's know. got most people's money in his pocket when, and when he's Vince, where he needs to be. He's yeah. at the top of the game right now. I don't think he's that. Vince doesn't always drink, like but when he does, he ambushes he ambushes Olympians on airplanes and takes finishing moves from everybody on stripper stages. No, that yeah. that's fine, but oh, I don't think oh, he's oh, oh, oh. that into the weeds when it comes down to if he really cares what Tony Khan said, or if Jericho said this on a podcast, or Miro fucking saying the same shit everybody else says on a fucking interview. Like, you're not going to get that level of reaction from him. I don't personally think. So, number one, Vince isn't that competitive when when Impact, you know, ten years ago tried to go head-to-head at Monday night. He buried the hatchet with Bret fucking Hart of all people. Or when AEW Dynamite announced they were going to be on Wednesdays, all of a sudden he cuts a $30 million deal with the USA Network to show NXT on Wednesday nights, And but he's not that level of competitive. He's petty, but here's the difference. So is Jordan. Jordan admits to... No, Jordan admits to it where he admits and he will say the words, I just want your money in my pocket. Vince is not that transparent with his petty bullshit. He's a petty bitch, but never I don't think at any point has he ever been 100% abject transparent with I'm doing this cuz I want to fucking take money out of your kid's mouth essentially. I don't think those words ever came out of his mouth and it was more oh that th- this was the uh the day we were given. This was a good time slot. This th- you know this seems like prime time. It's it's a good time to put our product that's what it is. It's going to be a lot more jargon. It's a lot more bullshit where Jordan doesn't care because everybody that knows him, even fans of him, know he's a prick and he owns that. Vince tries to still be kayfabe prick, but I think he still wants people to like him outside of kayfabe Mr. McMahon. So he doesn't steer into that skid completely. You know what I mean? I feel what you're saying, and one of the things that I'm excited about this documentary about is because Vince McMahon has been such a key person in my life that I don't feel like I really know who he is. And yeah. uh, and, and, I, and I say that, you know, going back to what Tony said, the reason why I don't think we'll get that same level of Jordan introspection, number one, he's probably not going to be drinking when he's doing it, when he says his sit-downs. Number two... Oh, that would be fantastic, though. Oh, that would be great. But number two... You know, his whole adult life has been about deception. Like, that's literally the the wrestling business. The wrestling True. business is all about deception. And he's been doing it for so long that in his head, we all do this. You know what I mean? As time goes on, the lie at some point in time ends up becoming the truth. So he might even think he's being completely honest. But again, it's just it's been going on for so long, and he's been sa- telling himself that so long that the lies become the truth, at least in his head. And number three, and I've been saying this for years now. I don't know how lucid he is to be able to recall a lot of that stuff. Like, the great thing about the whole Taker doc was his memory and how much he remembered. I don't think Vince is that lucid to be able to remember all that stuff. Vince is the one that's been taking these bumps year after year after year after year. He's going to remember everything. I think The lights are on, but ain't nobody home, man. 
Vince is Ain't lucid, but I don't think he can quite put it together the same way he used to, where he's not in touch, but he's he understands what he wants to understand, much like you know any of our parents or grandparents or something like that, where they're just a little out of touch with how things really work, but in their head, it still makes sense, and they can logic it out with, no, I'm doing this for this reason. You're like, dude, that makes no fucking sense nowadays, but all right, whatever, you do you. So I, I think that's where he's at. And you bring up a great point where he might get lost in the lie somewhere. So to go back to Tunney's initial couple questions, I think when it comes down to how much we're going to learn as smarks, hardcore internet wrestling fans, whatever the fuck you want to classify us as, it's going to be a lot like you said, Chris, where you said the Andre Doc and stuff like that. There's 90, 95% we knew. But there's going to be a couple fun or cute kernels of stuff here or there that we're going to gravitate towards or we're going to enjoy because it's going to feel like we got a little better of a, a glimpse into the life or the personal personal well-being, personal knowledge, the, just the personality of who's behind that mask. So it's gonna is it going to humanize Vince, if you think of that? Probably a little bit. Because, like, I went, like, going back to what I said before when I was going over why it's not going to be exactly like Jordan, Vince wants to be liked. So I could really imagine this being more of almost like a political PR stunt where he's going to try to humanize himself a little bit. So he's probably going to spend a lot of time on him coming up and, you know, being under his dad and talk about, you know, all the fucking old wrestlers he loved and all that other shit. And then you're going to slowly build into rock and wrestling mr mcmahon and where we're at now but he's he's gonna try to play the every man or that you know he built himself up or yada 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 and it's it's gonna be interesting from that perspective of a billionaire trying to relate to a bunch of blue collar people <laughs> watching netflix like however you want to take that be that like you know like a fucking like a car crash or like actually just like a psychological like intrigue level it's going to be interesting for one reason or the other. Well, I look at it like this. I mean, he clearly sees the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's a train. In True. other words, yeah, he's got a lot more. He understands and realizes he's got a lot more birthdays behind him than he does in front of him. And I think that this documentary is here to cement his legacy. So, you know, 100, 200, 300 years from now, there is documented evidence of who Vince McMahon was and what he meant to the world of entertainment. It's the same. It's the exact same reason why they tried to do the Steve Jobs movie with Ashton Kutcher, and obviously that yes. bombed. So then they came Ashton back in. Kutcher. Okay, that's <laughs> fair. But then they came back and did it again with uh, what, what's his name, Michael Fassenberg. I think that's oh, his name. Yeah, I know what you mean. Fassbender. Fassbender. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they came back and did it. And the reason they did that is because. You know, 500 years from now, Steve Jobs is going to be looked at as on God status. Like, he's going to be God level, you know, for, you know, 500,000 years from now. That's how we're going to look at Steve Jobs. Like, how we look at, like, Thomas Edison and some of those people, that's how people are going to look at Steve Jobs. And I think that it was important to document his legacy in that movie. I mean, they do this all the time. And the movie ends up becoming the facts. You know, as, as more and more people die off, the movies end up becoming the facts. So, you know, three, four hundred, five hundred years from now, if the WWE is still around, hell, if we still around, they're going to look at this documentary on Netflix, and that's going to be the official story of Vince McMahon. And all the bullshit is going to fall to the wayside, and we're going to see him in the best light. Which it's not a bad play. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. The only remaining movie from Earth 
4,000 years from now in a galaxy far, far away in a universe yet to be discovered will be space balls. See, I was thinking Pootie Tang, but okay. I was thinking Battlefield Earth just because it's fucking terrible. <laughs> and Jesus, you know that's going to live like a cockroach or a Twinkie. But I'm glad that he, you know, signed up for this. And maybe he did get a little inspiration from the Undertaker thing. But either way, it's going to be interesting because Vince is fascinating. For one reason or the other. Yeah. I mean, we're all complicated, but, you know. I, you know, it's only so much I can shit on him because this thing that has been in my life for over 30 years and he's the top guy in the industry. And he's a billionaire. It's hard to really fault that. <laughs> a lot of billionaires I don't really fox with. He might be one of the only few. I, I'll Fair. be honest with you. I think Ron, even though like the third hour did the worst in series history Monday, um, but that to me attributes more to media being consumed in completely different ways that's kind of why like the AEW NXT battle isn't even a battle because when NXT's over um and and not on USA anymore I, I can go watch it on the WWE network and when AEW's over on TNT I can't go watch it you can if you have on demand yeah Right, and but, they really but almost, NXT but just... almost but almost all wrestling fans. There's there's a lot more people that have, there's a lot more wrestling fans that have the WWE Network than on demand. True, you think so? If you can't afford, I'm just saying, man. If you can't afford on demand, you can afford the WWE Network. And a lot of cord cutters out there, though. So I feel what you're saying. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I just said you're right. I said you're That's right. That's exactly I said, you're right. where I was going right. to go with it because a lot of people don't have cable, so. Network yeah. is cheaper. So, season so. four, Andrew's a WWE guy, and Chris is agreeable. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think that's the title right there. Chris is, agree- <laughs> Chris is agreeable? Or in, just in the, a, whole thing, the whole oh, thing no, might not be long. orange. No, I, that's too... Yeah, that is. It's, it's too... I need my... I need my... It's too long. I need to be green. I'm always green. Okay. NXT needs to just say, fuck it, man, and move to Tuesdays. They'll both get a million viewers. No, that'll take the like the six people that watch Impact away from them. Stop it. <laughs> Including yourself. <laughs> well, we we have preview because we have press access, so I don't even have to watch it on access. <laughs> to, to, no, to, to, to be fair though, man, before I moved to the condo, man, on AT and T we did have access. On Xfinity, which is Comcast, we don't have access, so I can't see Impact anymore, or Ring of Honor for that matter. Because we don't have Saint Clair. Um, if you want to talk to me after okay, the show. Okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything else we need to touch on the Vince McMahon doc, other than we're all looking forward to it and we're gonna watch it whenever it comes? No, I think that's clear. Like, I'm, I'm more just interested to see what the fuck he's gonna let slip through, or how yeah. he's gonna frame everything, because. It's going to be fun, and like I said, from a car crash perspective or a psychological analysis kind of perspective, like it's kind of fun to watch, like just what a narcissist builds as what he thinks is blue collar relatable. Like it's it's fucking hilarious in a fucked up kind of way. It sucks because if somebody other than Vince did it, they would clearly be skewed. You know what I mean? So that wouldn't be the true story. But with Vince doing it, you know you're not going to get the true story because there's only so much he's going to oh. be able to let out. So, 
there's three sides to every story. Exactly. Yours, mine, and the truth. And so. the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard for me to believe that Vince will let, let's just say, even Bill Simmons put this down the road that hardcore wrestling fans want it to go down. I think it's going to be more for the casual fan and people that know of WWE and heard of Vince McMahon and go, oh, that's really interesting. Ooh, I heard it's really well done. I think I'm going to come away from it the same way I came away from Andre and Ric Flair. Is It was well done, but I, I, I knew all that already. You know, the that's- best part is, though, is that... You just hit the nail kind of on the head without saying it directly. Everybody is going to fucking watch it, though. Everybody wants to see this. Even if it's to say, we knew all that, you didn't say anything. Oh, I... Or even if it's to say, it's well done. You already have a core group of people oh. that are willing to watch this. Be it to shit on it, to report on it, to just be like, oh, this was nice. So, like, it's it's very interesting where they're kind of working with house money you know what i mean think about where wwe is right now to be honest with you because it was within the last week it might have been the last couple days that i'm watching the top five on espn the top five randy's oh it was before a rosarena right it was the end of the world series and has how great randy rosarena played for the tampa bay buccaneer uh uh rays 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 sorry yeah and the number five top five all-time Randys was Randy Orton on SportsCenter. Just for no reason. No shit, they put that on there. Nothing, nothing to promote, nothing to happen. He just, the, the guy was, a, the, the one of the anchors was a fan, and he put him in in the top. Like, Triple H and and being on uh, first, t- or uh, Get Up, and then Pat McAfee doing WWE. I mean, WWE is, is in one of its better places it's ever been in, in the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And you can think a lot of that to Brock Lesnar, in my opinion. I think that, part of the only skew on that, and then Chris can can get it off his chest, is that a lot of people go with old school, or a lot of people are old, older fans. So I'm surprised that that was Randy Orton, not Randy Savage, because I like to watch like uh, Good Morning Football on NFL Network. Two of Peter Schrager, you know, he he brings it up. Nate Burleson brings up wrestling, and it's it's always older shit. No one talks about Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns. It's always oh yeah and brother brother and you know stuff like that. It's it's never tribal chief or something like that. So I find it funny that WWE is very much in the the nomenclature of pop culture and society, but not in the way it is now it's hard for me to believe that and I, I know everything you're saying PC is is absolutely true but I mean hell man go back to the 80s the rock and wrestling connection when MTV first got popping when MTV was actually a thing nobody gives a shit about MTV anymore like uh, after you hit about what 24 you don't even watch MTV anymore what you want to watch teen mom 16 and pregnant 15 and fucking <laughs> like nobody watches that, that shit anymore man I what thought that was on VH1 name? was that MTV <laughs> I don't know. same shit I, I like 15 and fucking though that's a good one they need, they need to wow. do that show okay. I'm sure okay. you do All please right. edit that out yeah, yeah. you just whoa, whoa, whoa. you're the one that brought it up that's a good show people will watch it there you go there you go bringing up Ron Jeremy again that, Jesus Christ wow uh, but it's okay. hard to say that you know, 
they they're you know they have this the the biggest space they've had in pop culture when you know when MTV was really popping they were on there the war that settles the score Cindy Lauper Captain Lou was all over MTV hell MTV had a a show Sunday Night Heat was initially on MTV man back in the late nineties and then how to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin and Rock in the early two thousands yeah I mean or Dennis Rodman Carmelo from MTV. Bring up the I mean, Miz. The Miz came from MTV. Miz nah, is one man, of the we, most uh, underrated people in the history of the professional wrestling business, to be honest with nah, you. Let's not go that far. Miz figured it out in the last few years, but good God, he was fucking terrible and obnoxious for like the first decade of his career. So no, like but I mean, to go from like- to, 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 to grow up when he grew up and to take the avenue he took, he, he got popular first, and then he went to become a wrestler, yes. and that killed okay. him. Okay, yeah, you're, you're right there. I'll, I'll give you that one. When you frame it that way, I agree with you completely. Yeah, Miz is great. You're not going to hear any Miz slander from me, and he's one of the few guys on the mic that can actually talk. So he's great. But, I mean, I'll put it to you like this, man. So my mother wouldn't allow me to order WrestleMania 4 because she hadn't gotten paid, and she didn't want to pay for that shit. The fucking humanity. But but we're laying in bed. WrestleMania 4. No, not WrestleMania 4. WrestleMania 5. She wouldn't let me order it. But we're laying in bed watching the, the 11 o'clock tournament? news. And on the... No, not the tournament. That's why I said 5, not 4. 4 was the tournament. 5, oh, four, was, four, not, okay. five was Hogan and Savage. And oh, we're okay, 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 yeah, yeah. And on the Sunday night news, they showed the highlights of the main event with Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man Randy Savage on the, on, on the 11 o'clock news in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is back when, you know, before cable, you know, cable, you might have like 20 channels. So most people were watching the news every night. You had like 20 million people watching the news. So even if even if the the media is slightly less, slightly better or equal to in television, you now have the social media, which you didn't have back then. And to me, that's why it puts it in a better place and more mainstream to me. No, they're doing financially. They're doing better than they ever have, man. I'm not disagreeing with you. Ultimately, it's I think it's going to end up biting them in Regardless the ass. Regardless of what Jake Hager wants to say. Yeah, but it, it it's <laughs> going to bite them in the ass because they're getting further and further away of what made wrestling popular, and it ain't even going to happen today. It's not going to happen five years from now. It's not going to happen ten years from now. Hell. We're just now feeling the ramifications of the shit that they did with the Attitude Era, which is one of the reasons why it's not that wrestling isn't as popular as it is now. So we're not going to feel the ramifications of this for 20 years. I think we're far enough removed from the Attitude Era that if they could get away with doing that kind of television again, you'd see the same kind of boom. But you can't do that anymore. That's the problem. Okay, you can't do that, but the '80s were all were as white meat baby face as it comes, the only, and everybody was up in Hulkamania. The only medium, the only medium that still exists that you can get away with offending people is stand-up comedy, and that's even if you depending on get the rid comment. Of that now too. Yeah, yeah, that depends on who's telling the joke, really. And just so yeah. everybody knows, uh, Dave Chappelle is hosting Saturday Night Live. Four Ooh. years, four years ago, Ooh. four years ago, he hosted post-election. Four years later, this Saturday, he hosts post-election again. 
Assuming it's post-election. Well, it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, post-election day. I I know what you meant to say, but I'm just amused. At no, the I'm fact shutting your smug shit down, motherfucker. <laughs> just, this this could drag out for a fucking week. I don't know how many recounts we're gonna get or how much oh, bullshit we, we're gonna say. Oh, should we talk about Jericho? Or should we just should we should we just uh, take a quick commercial let's break? Let's mention it because that's let's take it. Let's take it. Let's take a quick. Let's take a quick commercial hold break. On. No, no, no. Let's take a quick commercial break. Just real quick. Just real quick before the break. Just real quick before the break. I'm still mad that Showtime at the Apollo doesn't come on after Saturday Night Live anymore. I just had to say that. Now we can take a break. Take a break. Take a break. 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 I'm gonna. Break. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna break, it's gonna be. This break's gonna be all about me. And it's just for Chris. Chair shot. Network. You suck it. You go, just go. Tell me to fucking suck it. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. TheChairShot.com. Always. Use your head. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. I mean, I yeah. There you go. That's good. You're drinking, Andrew. You're drinking. I, I'm gonna be getting up. When short. am I not drinking? Come on. Yeah, word. Yeah. Oh, drinking wine got a little either. sophistication in him in, in the last month. I mean, either... it's it's that Valenzano, which is a Jersey Jersey winery, the Jersey Devil brand, which is a seasonal thing. And it, it's, Valenzano. It's, 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 I, Fuck out of here, huh? What are you talking about? Valenzano, huh? yeah, it's Valenzano, a nice season huh? red wine. It's the Jersey Devil, you know. Uh-huh. You know, we get that nice Jersey Devil. We got that tip. We got the six 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 going on. It tastes good. What can I say? You're busting my fucking balls, huh? What's the matter with you, huh? Forget <laughs> you about it, huh? my balls. You know, you Yo, take me and you take my mother over here and you're just breaking my balls in front of my mother. What is wrong with you? Oh, Paulie, get me a fucking sandwich, huh? What's the matter with shoes, huh? Oh, yeah, put some cold cuts on that sandwich, too. (laughs) From the Jewish deli, not from that bullshit down the street, the Jewish deli. Are you guys done? Uh, I, for now, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I wasn't sure. I mean, get it out. No? Okay, good. All right. Well, it is... The day after election day, and I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about it, but why don't we sneak it in like this then? How about Chris Jericho's dumbass tweet <laughs> about why this is taking so long and that it's never happened like this before? Good God, he's a fucking idiot. I'm like, if I haven't said enough 
about him being fucking moronic when it comes to the shit he thinks is cool on AEW. That tweet alone, after coming out that he donated like what three grand to Trump's campaign, and now he's trying to be like, I'm not a political person, but you know this this takes so long, and when this is done, let's just let's just all be cool again, man. No. Fuck you. That that's because you your guy is gonna lose and you're gonna get roasted as being a piece of shit and you're just trying to hedge it and get ahead of the curve and you're a fucking moron. Like so you don't think he's working you don't think he's working just a little bit, especially considering that he's a heel right now? You no, don't think they, he's working? I think, no, they, they I think showed, Jericho they likes showed to records hide. of him having three separate donations to yes. Trump's I think Jericho likes to hide everything behind work. But he's actually a fucking idiot. Because but, if you listen well, to the wait. drunk Jericho cast that he's done a couple times, he says some dumb shit that is, like, borderline questionable, so you can only imagine what they edited out because his ass was drunk. So I think people are just finally getting to see the fact that, you know, not only does he look bloated physically, the <laughs> fact that his, his wallet is bloated and it might have changed his perspective. He's not, uh, you know, El, uh, El Corazon de Leon. He's not the Lionheart Chris Jericho anymore. He's kind of, you know, sitting rich on the hog, high on the hog. That's how that one goes. When did, and he's, uh, he's kind of a kind of a shithead. <laughs> when, did, so, when, when did the whole Kylie Ray Chris Jericho thing go down? About a year ago when Kylie Ray left AEW, like right when, uh, right after All Out, I believe. The first so, All Out. So late 2019. Sure. Yes. Like right after they launched, okay. but like right some, somewhere around so, launch time. And then he he renewed his vows in January of 2020. Convenient. I don't know. I, I just I, as as much as I'm a fan of his work, I'm starting to put him into that category of some other you know entertainers and you know. He's uh, a shithead. <laughs> that, that I'm like, really? Wow. Ugh, good grief, man. Like, I'll, so, I'll say it for you because you like to be politically correct, PC. That's so, not what that stands for, though. And it doesn't stand for that like either, Platt. You still like the <laughs> or politically correct, PC, Tony. So I'll just say he's kind of a the shithead. People's commissioner. So let me, let, me, let me play devil's advocate here, man, because I, I didn't see the donations to Trump. So I feel like there's been this big groundswell lately of trying to cancel Chris Jericho and I, maybe they've found a reason too because this, this is I'm what trying to cancel just, no but this is the thing man but you know there's been a groundswell on Twitter trying to cancel Jericho like can oh, you deny no, that Twitter follow uh, me, me at PC you that? balls gave me the thumbs up so yeah he feels me he's eating right now but this is the thing man and I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I know how wealthy people are Wealthy people donate to both sides. You know what I mean? So just because he donated to Trump, that doesn't mean he didn't donate to Obama or, no, or, or Biden. They, they, also they plays don't. The Republican no. They don't. Le- they don't. He plays the conservative. Wealthy people no, wealthy, donate to both sides. No, wealthy pe- no, they don't. Wealthy people vote to one side yes, or the they other. Do. A, they, they vote no, to vote no. one side or the other, and they do it for one or the other reason. No. One, they do it because they love their money, or two, they do it because they love their fame. That's not true. Wealthy people donate oh. to both sides because oh. whoever gets in office, they yes. think they're going to look yes. out for them. That's yeah. what wealthy yeah. people do. You're, you're right, Chris. Not yeah. all of them, but they some, do. a good majority of them do hedge their bets with whoever is in office. Yes. And yes. you get it off as a tax donation anyway, so like it's fine. But P- 
people started wanting to cancel Chris Jericho because of the whole Fozzie Sturgis thing, which is a, which yeah. is was very let's just say right wing mentality kind of stance yes. he took, of if you want to come, you come. If they die, they die. To quote, you know, my my favorite quarterback, Kirk Cousins, because you know he's on such a roll. He's a fucking, yeah. he's a monster. But like, so Jericho didn't win himself any favors there when he did the Sturgis thing. And then he was trying to say, well, it was everybody's kind of decision to go there. Bikers are conservatively, or not conservatively. No, they're, they're racist. Generally, is what it is. They're generally perceived as conservative is what I was kind of going for without having to say it in those words, Chris, which I don't disagree with. But well, I, depending I, on the biker, yeah. the, depending on the biker, they're just bigoted towards anybody not in their group a lot, too be you part of the breed and the pagans or the hell's angels or anything like that like if you're not part of their group you're a piece of shit so it doesn't always matter what color your skin is you know what i mean no i just say that because you know we've talked off air about my cousin scott who looks whiter than both of you guys that like blonde true. eye blonde blonde, right. blonde hair and blue eyes he's bald now but you know we'll love him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, blonde hair <laughs> Why? So I, I know what it is. He used to go to all the biker rallies. I think he even went to Sturgis once or twice as well. So yeah, I'm not saying he's doing any himself any favors. Obviously that that rally then that ended up being like what that was like the Agent Zero for the spread of COVID. And then like 250 thousand people ended up getting the Rona off of that one event or some goofy shit like that. that yes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to cape for Chris Jericho. I was just trying to play devil's advocate in this whole situation. That's all. Yeah, so I I think he's going to benefit from the fact that people will buy into his bullshit if he says it was just kayfabe or if he plays both sides and then maybe shows records of donating to Biden Harris or something like that. Like, however he does it, I think he'll easily be able to win people over since he's savvy. He's not an He's not an idiot when it comes to working people. Like he he's carny for life. Like he's one carny motherfucker. But good God, like the last month or so has made him really out to be a fucking idiot. And speaking of fucking idiots, since we're on this fucking yeah. idiot path of topic five, Carl Anderson, anybody? You wanna talk about him? Whoa, what happened to so before we get to Carl Anderson, I'm just saying when uh Jericho had uh Trump Jr. on his podcast you know, you kind of you can say that you're apolitical, but clearly mm -hmm. that's kind of you. You had to know that that was going to be a lightning rod, and you know, I chalked it up to him playing heel. I don't know, but everything's been a bad look from there. From that's the, a really the, the COVID thing, to the Trump thing. To it's a really smart move though to win Florida, and Trump won Florida. I, I'm not I'm not telling you which way I'm leaning politically here, but I'm just saying like he won well, Florida, I'm, I'm and AE and AEW is like. Florida Central, so you know. Well, I'll tell you which way I'm leaning. I'm apolitical, man. I didn't vote for either one of the Mellon Farmers because neither one of them are going to look out for my people. So fuck them both. I don't give a damn which racist white man get in office. Frankly, no. Joe but Jorgensen go got my what vote. I, I I went for the white woman who's a doctor. I went for her. And she's a well. You're a libertarian, so you had to vote uh, on party lines, right? I don't. I don't only play party politics. Stop that. But like. When when one A and one B are complete crap, I'm gonna go with you know the the the, the distant third, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I, I sat I sat this one out, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, and people are probably gonna give me shit about it, but oh, yeah. 
because I can I, I, I can articulate my part my uh my stance on this motherfucker. So bring it. Yeah, we we need more than a two party system. That that's really I think what we can all kind of agree on, and that's where we could just drop that one. So I yeah. I, I did send out some tweets while I was in line at the polls. You guys want to hear about them? I mean, that probably took you a while because poll lines were fucking terrible this year. So it was about it was, a, it was about a half an hour. Oh, that's out, actually not too bad. I was outside. You're around a lot of cows in Wisconsin, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, hey, 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 leave with hey, leave Wisconsin women alone. <laughs> leave Wisconsin women alone, man. Cheese is fattening. <laughs> Come on, Tony. You want to talk about your tweets? I'm sure there are beautiful women on the inside. I, I was talking about the actual farm animal, but that's not the point. All right, come on. Come on. Come on, Tony. What's your tweet, buddy? I'm reading my tweets anyway, no matter how you want to make me <laughs> No matter how you want to make me feel. The funny thing is, is I was outside of the building probably for a good two-thirds of the time, so probably 20 minutes. They were only okay. letting... 10 people in at a time um, sounds about right so it, it was really quick once you got in there but so i'm in i'm in line right now at the polls take the That's time to get out said. and and vote all right comments i've heard in line so far man walking up to line is this line for space mountain <laughs> bob yeah everybody laughed <laughs> i i i i at first i was like oh and then the whole line laughed and then i was like well the crowd the crowd got me over, got it over for me there, so I just smiled a little bit. Um, you, you should have said "longest line, oldest ride" or something like that. I no, I listen. Once I, I didn't want to get going. I didn't want to. I didn't want to hold court. <laughs> I didn't want to hold court at the polls. Okay, I just was there to vote. <laughs> I, I was, I wasn't PC Tunny. I was myself. Um, so a woman had her daughter with her, and her daughter, uh, well, you know, the, the lady behind her said, is, is that your Halloween costume from this year? And it, it wasn't. She just wanted to wear a tutu, apparently. So the little girl in line <laughs> with the tutu. A guy leaving the polls looked back at everybody and said, don't any of you work? And I thought that was kind of not funny. That's that's an awkward line, uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought I thought, I'm like, that didn't go over as well as you wanted it to, guy. Uh, if y'all were in line for like an hour or so, maybe, but not like a half hour. That's yeah. stupid. So then I, a, a little bit after that, I turned around behind the guy. We're still outside, and I, I'm like, man, I, I, why did I leave my coffee in the car? <sighs> <laughs> so for those that don't know, we're recording this right now on a Wednesday evening at 1041 Eastern Standard Time. And as of right now, unless you gentlemen can correct me, we don't have a president at this particular point in time. And a couple of things. I, I thought Trump was going to win this in a landslide. I really did. And number two, I feel as if they know who's going to win and they're dragging this shit out because it, it, at this point it's all theater anyway. And I think that this is good ratings for the for the news channels. I feel like Nevada is the thing that everything hinges on from what I'm seeing because it's that yes. six points that Biden needs. Yes. And Yes. Trump only needs like three of those six. I think that's flipping when it gets to the hundred points, and then it's going to turn into like just a magical like come from behind Patriots Falcons you know Super Bowl win where Trump pulls it out in the end just because it kept everybody on the line and it keeps people intrigued. So it's fucked up, but I mean I think I think Greg Demarco said it a few times. 
via post and via his show. It's one old white man versus another old white man. And party politics doesn't fucking matter because it's all the same bullshit. It's just you're voting for a, a donkey old white man or a fucking elephant old white man. You're really gonna whatever. you're really gonna give that to Demarco, and I've been saying this the whole no, goddamn no, 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 time. No. He's really, been, see, okay, see how y'all do us. We you haven't see how they had do a us. You see how they, I've been we saying this shit the whole year. How right. long have I been Tony, saying Tony this shit? Tony can fall out on this one. Moment. We haven't had a show in a month. Okay, so, that's fair, but I, I haven't been saying this shit the whole goddamn time, Tony. You see how they do us? You see how they do us, America? Don't want to get a black man credit for a goddamn thing. Honey was trying to get a black man a job. You tried to kibosh that one a couple fucking weeks ago. On the black man side, on the white side, it all works out. He does He doesn't dap like a motherfucker. God damn it. <laughs> but about 10 minutes ago, it was like, let's talk about the... In my head, I'm like, before we started, I'm like, okay, should we go election or we should be like... Ooh, Mac football's back. Now I wish we would talk Mac football. <laughs> so just real quick, man. Like I said, I had Trump winning this thing in a landslide. And Andrew, because I, I even did my own uh, political projections, you know, the, the night prior to the election about who I think was going to win every state. And at this point right now, Biden's close. He's about, what, six votes away from the six electoral college votes away. Exactly Nevada, yes. Yeah, it's literally going to come down to Nevada. If because if you assume that Trump is going to win um, uh, uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, yeah, yeah. Uh, North Carolina, and Alaska, which I do, that's going to put him at two sixty eight, and it's literally going to come down to Nevada. Yep, and Nevada's only like seventy five percent, you know, recorded, and I think Biden's only up by eight thousand. So. Oh, yeah, it wasn't that. Yeah, I, I saw that it wasn't that big of a deficit like that's easy to make up so and i actually i had nevada going for trump because you know they call las vegas the mississippi of the west so i i just they would bag it. and the funny thing is man the reason that it's so close is that people are frustrated because of how trump dealt with the whole covid crisis like if he would have dealt with the covid crisis a little bit better or at least you know in people's minds if he would have dealt with it a little bit better i feel like he would have won this shit in a landslide it wouldn't even been close you know what the biggest issue is from kind of my personal perspective, and it's not it's not a Trump Biden thing, it's not a partisan thing. Why is our voting system not up to snuff technologically with where we are as America? Like as as we, we can order food, we can order hookers, we could do whatever the fuck we want on our phone, but voting we need to wait for piece of paper no, to no, go no, from here, point A to point B, here's the problem we have no, to no, 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 no. you have to understand you have to okay to so register you, you have to understand this the day of voting the the results that come in that day that that has to happen that that that, that can't not happen anymore because the way uh we're we're so connected now right like to to have the to have a fair vote would mean that everybody would vote at the same time not knowing who had been voting for anybody else right so when you have ballots cast before the day of the election you can't count those until after the voting is over because people don't keep their mouth shut we're wrestling fans we know these things right so that is true so that's why this is going to take longer and it's really because of covid more than anything else but my my perspective isn't so much why we're mail-in ballots counted earlier that's not what my stance is my stance is why don't we have a better way 
of tabulating votes aside from paper from point A to point B, where most businesses that we work in in 2020 don't deal with paper because it's hard to track, it's easy to lose, it's easy to manipulate, it's easy to get lost in a box or lost in a pile or the wrong motherfucker throws shit away. There should be, with, with the fact that technology has evolved as much as it has, as much as it has in the last 20 years, voting regulations, voting policy, voting standards should have evolved with technology to make it make more sense than expect point A, point B, because we had the same thing with Bush and Gore. We had the same thing with Obama the first time around, especially the primaries between Obama and Clinton. People were bitching about that, and people were bitching about lost here. I think I think Bush and Gore was Ohio, randomly threw away 100,000 votes or no, something. No, that like was, that. Uh, it was, it was, it was Florida, and Bush's uh, no, brother Flor- was... Florida the was the one where they pushed the button too many times and got confused, I believe. I could I could be wrong, but it was that it was that was the, the hanging, hanging Chad. Chad. Yes. Yeah. So I think Ohio was they lost ten thousand or a hundred thousand votes or something like that because somebody threw the wrong box. Well, do you remember? Away. Do you remember when watching? When that happened in two thousand one, do you remember? The, shouldn't we have been like, hey, let's figure this out? Do you remember watching the video of the votes being transferred on the highway and the in the armored <laughs> and cars? It's moronic. The, right? Do you remember that? No, but it's at the moronic. same time, okay. So, but at the same time, it's either. It's either you're protecting against humans or you're protecting against like cyber crime, right? Like, I mean, okay, so trying to tell me the government shouldn't have the best no, technology to no, 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 but they okay, have all the at the, it's, it's, anyway? a, it's a it's a trust thing at any level of whatever kind of uh, medium you want to use to do it. The bottom line to me, what I think is, is this is shows a unbelievably. Uh, horrible trait that is instilled in millions and millions and millions of Americans and the problem is is no one has patience anymore true I'm, I'm gonna no, give you I, that one I want I it now rock, and I want more of it and and that's America I gotta, and that's I a problem I gotta rock with Andrew on this though because number one you know the projections were that this was going to be the highest voter turnout in the history of voting and the media made sure that was the case because they've been pushing how important this election was talking about oh this is the most important election of our lifetime even though it's not you know what I mean? it's not but that's neither here nor there every election so you, is always portrayed that way yes oh, continue Chris exactly exactly so yo you you telling me you couldn't put no parameters in, in place to make sure this shit get done I mean I you know I, I threw out a, a, a tweet last night about Pennsylvania and Andrew you liked it cause yeah you, that you was good yeah, it was good shit. Pennsylvania basically said, "Hey, man, we gonna have this shit done till Friday." So basically, Pennsylvania said, "Yo, man, I ain't got it." But um, I'm, I'm, I'm I, get, I get paid I, on Friday. I can get you there when I get my check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And well, it's a whole ass. Come on, man. Like, and Nevada you... said that our shit ain't gonna be done till tomorrow, which is Thursday, and we're recording on Wednesday. So we we're probably not gonna know who the president is until Thursday. You'll you'll probably know maybe. Hopefully, prayerfully, you'll know who the president is by the time you listen to this episode. But there's no guarantees. And I'm like, come on, man. This is the best we can do. This is the best we can figure out. Yeah, that that's my because we had the recount in Florida and fucking, you know, with Gore and Bush. Go. Twenty fucking years ago. You keep in twenty years we can't figure something out. We figured out how to get food, 
porn, hookers, all this other stuff to come to our door, but we can't figure out how well, to vote in a way that is easily accessible to everybody? If the percentage is less than 1% in difference, then they're allowed to ask for a, a recount. And it will it will be in Nevada because that's like 05 percent at the moment. Yeah, that's and, the, and Donnie's asked for a recount. I think in your state, Tony. I think it was oh, Wisconsin. He, he, asked. he asked for all of them. It's a, it's funny because I I, I went to bed uh, oh, before nine o'clock. I, I went in bed and started just watching some Netflix to fall asleep uh, Central Time, but I set to record um, the election coverage because I knew I always wake up in the middle of the night. So I woke up around 2, I went to the bathroom, and I'm like, oh, let's see what happened. Because I'm like, oh, this is like, you know, it's like, it's almost like, you know, you didn't, wa- you didn't watch WrestleMania, and you're just going to turn it on and see what happened, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, after 30 seconds, we're not even fucking close, and I fucking turned the TV off and went back to bed. <laughs> Because I, I, we we had the election on and I passed out probably about ten or eleven o'clock because I've been dealing with a cold. But I woke up I woke up about maybe two two thirty when Trump was giving his speech talking about uh, you know he was going to challenge things and blase this blase that and they need to cut off the voting because I've already won in these states and you know I can understand from a, a leftist perspective I can understand it sounds like sour grapes and it might be sour grapes but at the same point in time this dude is the president whether good or bad right or wrong and I feel like he's probably got some better intel than we do and we're you know because we're depending on the news networks which they're clearly dragging this shit out so it's like okay so maybe he does know something that we don't know and maybe that's why he's saying that and maybe not I don't know so um, let's let's kind of take a trip down memory lane to, to kind of close this out. And it, this has been an interesting discussion without actually discussing politics. It's kind of discussing the process, which everybody should be able to get we, on board we, together we with. I, I really like the we conversation. Did I do. We I have really our like, moments, yeah. I really like the conversation we had. Um, I remember George Bush beating Michael Dukakis in 88. Oh, Platt, wow. do you? Yeah. Yes. Balls, yes. you might have been a little young for that. I was like two. Yeah, okay. Um, I definitely remember Bill Clinton playing the saxophone in 92. Oh, yeah. I oh, remember Clinton oh, yeah. smashing HW. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who did Which Clinton... I don't fuck with him either, but that's... I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but go ahead, Tony. Who did Clinton beat in 96? Bob Dole, Bob Dole, baby. Yeah. Bob Dole, that's Bob right. Dole, baby. So I remember the Bob, Bob Dole Bob sketches. Dole Who played Bob, Bob Dole? Dole oh, was that um, um, uh, Hartman? Is that no McDonald? I think that was Bill Hartman. No, it was McDonald. It, it, McDonald. Oh no, McDonald. it was it was McDonald or Hartman. Now I'm not sure because it was just that monotone delivery of Bob yeah. Dole things. No, it was Norm McDonald. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. You might be right about that one. Yeah. Because I remember Dana Carvey was Bush, and he did a damn good job. I thought it was McDonald with Bob Dole, but if you're going to say Cartman, or Hartman, I'll, I'll go with you. What Ross Perot? Ross Perot, 92, 88? Or 92, he was 92 right? and 96. Okay. All three of them. He was 88 and 92 and 96, but I think he had his best shot in 92 or 96. Okay. He, yeah, he had his best shot in 92. Then he said that you people was... lying to the NAA. <laughs> oh, yeah, was, yeah, oh. that's, that's... yeah, that fucked this shit up. Dana Carvey better um, impersonation Ross Perot or George Bush? Bush. It ain't even close. But you his, know why? yeah, but I don't know. But his when he would bring out the charts and the pointer with Ross Perot and do that, that was really <laughs> fucking good. 
if if I'm remembering this correctly, I since I'm a couple years younger than you, this probably resonates more with me than you guys. All that did a Ross Perot skit, and I'm pretty sure Amanda Bynes was Ross Perot back in the early 90s and the way she had the big fucking floppy ears yep. and she was talking about oh my money my mom threw millions of dollars at this and millions of dollars at that that was the best Ross Perot I've ever fucking I can't remember if it was Amanda Bynes or the other girl that, that was kind of like a, of a more petite frame at the time but like it was fucking hilarious the way like they just overemphasized the fucking ears and it was just all about my money bought me this and my money Money did that, my money, and it was it was that that sold it for me. But that was all that. I do a George <laughs> I do a George Bush impersonation. Well, it's not really a George Bush impersonation. It's an. Do imperson- you need some broccoli to choke on? No, it's really it's not that. It's really it's really an impersonation of uh, Dana Carvey doing George. Of Dana Bush. Carvey, yeah, yeah. But I'm not, but I'm not going to do it. Cool. Why would Can you we- set that up and not do it? No, I'm not going to do it. Not, not, uh, not. I'm, I'm not, not going to. Wouldn't be prudent. Okay, there we go. There wouldn't, we go. wouldn't, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> can, can we all agree? Not good that for the economy. Can... <laughs> I'm getting there, Platt. Would you slow the fuck down? We didn't even get to two thousand yet. Okay. Christ! All right, goddammit. Okay. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> You'd be lollygagging and shit, man. Come on. I had to set up my impersonation. Okay. okay. Doing Al Gore too? Is that what you were? It wasn't at? great. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. That's Clinton. That's not Al Gore. Yeah, we're getting there. Well, I'm not there yet. Oh, no. you want to talk about man bear pig for Al Gore? No, I was just oh. about to get to it. <laughs> I don't think you heard me, America. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Can All right, then we. We already we already <laughs> cut. Okay, so then we get to two thousand. We all remember the Hain Chads. We didn't get a president until December, right? But I think here's the most important thing to think about. One of the greatest, like, rises to peak and falls happened right in that time. Al Gore, before he lost that election, was the savior to the United States. And then, unfortunately, he thought he invented the internet afterwards and kind of took a tumble and <laughs> won an Oscar and was made fun of and everything else. Bro, he couldn't even win his own state. Fuck that dude. How do you not win your home state? Like, seriously. How do you not win your home state? I I, I, I mean, guess I guess you could say the same thing for Trump because he didn't win New York, but it's different. I mean, that's not really his home state because if, if you know anything about New York, people didn't like him in New York. So, well, that's yeah, yeah. We we say the same thing. Y'all y'all knew what it was because you know, you know, he he kind of made a name for himself because he was a tabloid king, and that's how he got popular in this and that. Who was your favorite to do the impersonations of the second coming of George Bush? I mean, Will Ferrell was good. Oh, yeah, Will Ferrell was pretty good. Um. Was it Matt Dillon? I don't remember Matt Dillon, but I'm not the SNL head like that. that no, y'all the movie he did the movie. No, it was James Brolin. Oh, that was James, James Brolin. Brolin. My bad, my bad, my bad. Yes, 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 yes. That was a good fucking movie. No, he, that he, was a good movie. That was an Oliver Stone movie. That was yeah, pretty he, good. He did a good job on Vice, and then the um, the one that was the that portrayed W. On um, Harold and Kumar escape, escape Guant- Guantanamo Bay. 
Oh yes, like, obviously. That's the that's obviously the like, third one I think of right away. I, I forget who the fuck that was, but that was perfect because they just come yeah. through his fucking roof and he's smoking weed and he just he looks the part so fucking well. I lace it with a little really cocaine, cool. so not only it'll get you down, yes. it'll get you up. <laughs> it'll get you up and down. <laughs> but that W movie was good because I felt like, you know, I know the, the, the administration wasn't really big on it, but I felt like it humanized the dude, you know? Now, and, uh, you know what the best thing to come out of W was? Lil Bush. Lil Bush on Comedy Central was the best fucking TV show. I love how they portrayed Jeb as like some paste-eating fucking fat boy who like <laughs> he was just, just kind of like the ones that the parents patted on the head because he was retarded and like the fucking Dick Cheney was always behind the scenes trying to do something like like brain from Pinky and the Brain. Oh my god, it, that was such good shit. That was good comedy. And then uh, I think. I believe Bush beat John Kerry in like a landslide in in '04. I don't even think that yeah. that one was close. I think that was one of the I think that was one of the largest margins of victory in 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 voting history. I could be wrong completely, but I don't remember that one being close. Um, it was much larger than Gore, so yeah, it, it was an easy slam dunk. And then we move on to one of the most historical uh, presidents in the history of our country, and. When I think about people who impersonated him, I, I think of Jay Farrell right away originally on SNL, mm-hmm. and I thought he did a great job. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who else was doing it. I think um, it was a it was Port- Fred Armisen. Armisen, Port- I was saying Portlandia, Ar- yeah. Ar- and then it was Fred yeah. Armisen as well. But yeah. I thought Jay Farrell was really good, really, really good, especially in early Obama, too. because you know how fast Obama. you age as a president. So it's like almost like when he first got elected, he's a young Obama, and now he's just like. He's the OG doing the barbershop with with LeBron James after he won the title. <laughs> the Gabe Obama was fantastic, though, especially oh, the Luther. Luther. You talking the about anchor, Luther? Anchor and, and uh, interpreter yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, that Luther. He was his black interpreter. Yeah, yes, it it was great how Peel was just such a good straight Obama, and then Keegan would just Mm -hmm. come in with the the anger interpretation, and that was that was fantastic. Yeah, I think you can see you can see all Key and Peel episodes on HBO Max right now. Nice. Nice. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Okay, that's good. Thinking about going back and checking all those out again. Um. And then we move forward. O- Obama wins again. What Mitt Romney? I just didn't trust that Mormon. I'm sorry. No Nobody. offense to the Mormons. No. Um, and no. and I and I thought Obama was doing a good job, and I thought he did a very good job. Now we got Trump. I think one of the best presidential impersonations of all time. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Cheers to you, yes. man. What yes. you it's did. It, it's truly, truly big league. Big league. It's bigly. He was great. Can can, yeah. can we give uh, some love to uh, what's her name, Kate McKinnon? And did I say that correctly? Yes. Because she was a, a a fantastic Hillary as well, and Elizabeth Warren. Oh, yeah. I just want to give her her props. That's all. Very much so. And then when you think back to uh, Bush winning, uh, oh no, wasn't Kerry? Who who went at McCain? Who did McCain go against? Obama. Obama. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and then you talk about Tina Fey playing um, uh, Alaska. Lady. Oh, uh, Palin. 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 Another great. Well, yeah. Lisa, Lisa Ann was a much better Palin. I'm just saying. I, of course you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> uh, think about some of the things they did early on in the Trump administration on SNL, where they had. Um, 
Mike and Molly. What's who who played Molly? Um, what's her name? Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. Yes. There's this. If you got to go back, I I can't remember who she was playing, but she's got the podium for the press conference, and she's moving the podium around in the press room, banging into. It was uh, Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. No, she was playing a guy. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. She won Huckabee too. Am I am I tripping? Maybe she might have been, but I thought this was this. She was playing uh, the guy with the white hair was getting in her. Uh, you don't watch a lot of SNL. Sheesh. Oh, it's not of... really, man. I really only pay attention to it during election years because that's when it's at its best. The last episode I watched was the Eddie Murphy episode from how long ago was that now? That was last year. <laughs> last year. But that was like last year. Yeah, there we go. That's and you're going to watch more. and you're going to watch this weekend because Dave Chappelle is on. I probably will. You're right. And this brought me all the way full circle to four years ago. After the election, Dave Chappelle came on and did one of the greatest uh, political sketches ever in the history of comedy, let alone Saturday Night Live, in where they did a sketch on how people were reacting as election night went on and Trump eventually would win and how surprised they were four years ago. So I'm I'm really interested to see how they portray and do that this weekend. So. I, I remember that because it was him and I think Chris Rock was on that and they were the only two black guys in the room and they were looking at each other like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah. think the thing that struck me the most four years ago was the fact that South Park had to completely redo their show, which airs on Wednesday. So they were expecting it to go for Hillary and the fact that it didn't, they literally have had to do a how do you, 23rd hour rewrite of the whole fucking episode. How do you think that conversation went a few days beforehand? All right, guys, do you think we should just put in two hours right now that just in case Trump wins, we can don't have to do anything later? And everybody looked at each other for three seconds and went, ah! <laughs> and there they were. There they were Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. going, oh shit, we got 35 minutes before this motherfucker's due. And, and you know why that's so memorable to me? They did not finish the post-production on it, so all of the swear words were still in there. So the fuck and everything were not bleeped out. And it's still only 10, 10.30 on Comedy Central, so that's not fuck time. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So once you hear like the F-bomb, you're like, oh, oh, you, you could tell this was a last-minute rush job right now. So, so Tony, I, I got to ask you, man, are you disappointed with Jim Carrey's portrayal as Joe Biden? Because, frankly, I have been. I love Jim Carrey. It just hasn't hit this year for me. And I think they were probably trying to go a little easy on Joe because, obviously, Saturday Night they Saturday Night Live, they obviously have a, 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 a liberal bias, so they were leaning that way anyway. Does he still and, have the Duck Dynasty beard? Oh, no. Okay, okay. So, well, at least not in these skits. I think the tradition continues on Saturday Night Live. The, the, the tradition so you, that no 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 the tradition that's lasted nearly fifty years. I think that that's continuing. And you want to know what that tradition is? Go on. Those who are in charge and those who actually write the writings that make the air and decide what's happening on Saturday Night Live, well, they tend to give their best material to people they like. And, well, I'll just leave it at that and let you, fa-la-la-la-la, connect the dots. <laughs> so because at the same time, at the same time in a sketch where we're trying to put over Joe Biden and Jim Carrey playing that character, Mamala gets put over better because who's playing Mamala? 
Okay, so you're saying that there's some uh, backstage friction. Is that what you're saying? But I don't think Jim, I, Jim Carrey never has been a likable person within Hollywood, as for, as far as I know. Okay. I don't think that, that that may or may not be the case, but, you know, that that's just... I, Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, anything else anybody want to get off their chest before we get up out of here? I was thinking about getting my testicles laminated. That's cool. Nice and smooth. I could dig it. I could walk around <laughs> the beach like and just pull one short yeah. leg up and, you know, yeah. hey, baby, I can dig it. Suck on balls. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Andrew will be here for that. Yes. Did we want to touch on the um, Carl Anderson stuff at all since we're on interesting political leanings and asshole oh, moves? I thought you were going to say since we're on sucking up balls. Yeah, what I don't think he does that. Yeah, we, we got sidetracked, man. I I hadn't heard about that. What What's going on with that? What happened with him? Apparently his hot Asian wife uh, posted a picture of her writing like cheater on his face and stuff like that. And then he tried to placate that by saying oh, she's just fucking with him because he cheated at Mario Kart. And then apparently there was a tweet, or like a text exchange tweeted out of him calling her like a liar, a bitch, or a slut, or some shit like that, and she was accusing him of cheating on her and being away for a few days. It's apparently okay now, and Anderson kind of basically said everything's good. It was all just a gimmick, brother. Like, don't worry about it. Watch <laughs> Shop Mania next week, and it's going to be cool. Like, it's going to be fun. Oh, talking Chopper Mania's next any... week? Yes, it is. It's on the 13th. Oh, nothing more Friday to discuss. Friday the 13th. But we can, t- we can talk about that next week if you wanted to, which I probably you probably don't. <laughs> no, no. We can talk about that, but as far as what you're trying to say is, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure this is all trying to get attention towards that. Okay. No, that, that's kind of where I was going. Do you think it was just a gimmick to try to draw attention and that it's just something that plays into the show next week? Or do you think it's just much like you were implying about Jericho where it's just cleverly veiled bullshit that he can pass off as kayfabe or just a gimmick brother brother and it's really just trying to cover up more personal shit that he just doesn't want to go into that's the weird thing about wrestling man you never really know where the line is crossed when it it's a shoot or it's a work and even if it's a a, a shoot it's going to get worked into the work like this this world is just weird man it's just a really weird world. Well, it's the only no, tool. It's the only tool left. Say it again. It's it's the only tool they have left. Well, touche. I'll give him All a right. lot of credit if he could have roped his wife wife into doing like this cheating kind of angle just as a gimmick for whatever happens during talking <laughs> shop and he had to rise the torture. Sorry. I well, could, I mean, if he did, I, I mean... I, I thought mean, of, he, of roped a couple different ways. Giggity. Uh, that's hilarious. Giggity. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I, all right, I guess that's enough. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Belaz, where can the good folks find you, sir? Like, in a total cooperative way as well, just to be, you know... Of course, man, all ropes are consensual. Consensual roping, that's nice. Just, just have a safe word. Move. That's always helpful. Yes. What does your your safe word change every time, Tony? Is that why you said ooh? I said moo, Trebek. Ah, uh, yes. So you can find me on the Twitter at IWC Warchief, and 
doing news reviews and all that other fun stuff for New Japan, Japanese promotions in general, and Impact Wrestling on ZCheshot.com. Mr. Mr. Mukau, do you want to plug your stuff at all or no? Oh, no, I'm Mr. Mukau, huh? I moved one time. I said move. Well, I was, <laughs> is it like an Alex Trebek kind of reference? Shout out to Sean Connery, R.I.P. R.I.P., yes, the original James Bond. You can find me at PC Tony. Go ahead, finish your little show. Well, gee, thanks, and <laughs> fuck you very much. You know, wow, little show. Yeah. Oh, but, I, I take it back. I'm sorry. Not really. But no, no, it's too late. You you said what you said. No, I yeah, said you not said really. what you said. I said not really. Yeah, yeah. We saying the same thing, man. You just wasted airtime saying what's what going you on say. on your TV but, back there. Let's talk about some some Atlanta television. Real spit. I got my shit on Fox News right now, man. Trying to oh, figure out who might be the president. Oh man, <laughs> wonder which way you're leaning about your Fox News. I go back and forth between Fox and CNN. I tried to do uh, PBS right, right. and C-SPAN like last had, night. Yeah, had NXT you on. Go back and forth on you got Fox News on. Go back and forth between NXT and AEW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but but you know P- PBS and Is that a C-SPAN, MAGA hat on your bed? Shut up. But they were playing it straight, and that was boring. So I go back and forth between Fox and CNN because, you know, the the more biased you are, the more fun it is for me. I, this shit is all theater to me. It don't make a difference. It don't matter who the fuck is president. I'm okay, going so then, then for fun and to end it on levity before you, you give the goodbyes and your plugs, favorite Sean Connery movie? Tony, go. Oh, no, not even. I, I can't pick a, a Bond movie, but a favorite Sean Connery thing yeah. is – is uh, Daryl Hammond playing him on Celebrity Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> oh, well, your, your mother, Trebek, all right? We'll take the rapist for 500 But anyway, so, Chris, do you want to give a better answer than, you know, a fucking SNL skit? Because apparently SNL's all Tony lives by now. <laughs> no, I, frankly, anything James Bond, man. I enjoyed Sean Connery right. James Bond. Mm. Yeah. No, no, The Rock or Hunt for Red October? Because I knew good. I was... What's the underrated one where he's the writer and he's trapped up in his apartment? Uh, Finding Forrester. And awesome. he, him and the inner city kid that's going to the... That actually is a, a not a bad movie. I don't really like that movie trope, but that that's a good one, though. Finding yeah, I, Forrester. I was going to get deep on the references because I was going to go with Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Because I grew up with that because my grandfather loved that as a Disney movie and like being Irish and the fact that it was like all about leprechauns and shit like that and you know you get like a 20 something Sean Connery in 1959 fucking singing and fucking actually acting instead of just being Sean Connery in every role he's in so it's kind of it's kind of interesting it's kind of fun I really I really appreciate Darby O'Gill well I'm, I'm a James Bond guy man my uh my uncle was a huge James Bond fan so by extension I'm a James Brown J- James Brown so I'm turn, a James Brown fan too turn any- <laughs> but Turn any Sean Connery movie title into a porno. I'll I, I get there for a second. I just want to finish my, my, my point here. So my my uncle had most of the books, and I read most of the James Bond books, and anytime there was a new James Bond, we would watch together. So, yeah, anything James Bond, Sean Connery, I'm here for it. Shout out to him. Um, the Hunt for uh, Red Octopussy? No, I, I can no. buy it, too. I no, can no. buy it too. Dude, you better two. not even say the cunt for the Red October because no. that's a Red. That's an October. No, you guys are. It's, you guys got to get a little more creative. <laughs> how about uh, the cunt for Red is open. Um, or how about uh, Boldfinger? 
Okay. Okay. Bold finger. Pussy some more. <sighs> There's probably somewhere I could go with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because that's kind of risque within itself, depending on how you want to do extraordinary. Yeah. But uh, let, 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 let's just avoid that, Chris. How about you? You just wrap this thing up until the man with the gold. The, the man with the golden showers. God. Hi, Slammer. Oh God. Sure. We're done here. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plat. But more importantly, make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com. It's, it's not a Bond movie, shot. but my favorite one ever is uh, Crouching Woman, Hidden Cucumber. I still like High Slammer because that was a good Highlander reference, Chris. I'm, I'm going to give you points on that one. I appreciate it. What about <laughs> Wet Finger? But make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. All jokes aside, if you enjoy the content we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot, the best way to make sure that we can keep providing that content is by supporting us. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. It's Christmas season. Your wallet is halfway out your pocket anyway, or your purse is halfway out your pocket anyway. You want to spend some money, you might as well spend some with us. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. Anybody else got some more Sean Connery pun porns or porn puns yeah, before I mean, we get the, up out of here? The easiest one is welcome to the cock. <laughs> or you could just say the cock. Well, yeah, that, that's, well, yeah I was setting it up better than that. Not yeah. really. Yeah, because the movie's known I, for him saying "Welcome to the Rock." I guess Indian Bones works too, in a way. Yeah, you don't even have to do much with that one. Indian <laughs> Bones and the Temple of Poon. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I think we have a title: Indiana Bones and the Temple of Poon. <laughs> R.I.P. Sean Connery. <laughs> Y'all can figure it out. R.I.P. Sean Connery for real. For Mr. Andrew Belaz, for the Commissioner PC Tunney, I'm Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning back into Pod is War. I promise we're going to be more consistent from here on out. And until next time, we'll see you. Shalom. Hit it, Carly. I'll take let tits now for 600, Alex. 